and welcome to episode 494 of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. It is Monster Kid Radio and I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook, welcoming you to the show by playing a song from the band The Spiratones. They are a surf band based out of the UK. They just released a new single called Night of the Golden Sun. That's the song you're hearing right now. It came out earlier this month. You can pick it up for yourself at thespyrotones.bandcamp.com. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. Of course, they gave us permission to play their music here on the show, and you'll hear this song in its entirety at the end of this episode. Happy uh, almost Halloween, kind of, sort of. We are getting closer and closer to Halloween. So to celebrate Halloween, we're going to talk about some movies that you can watch during Halloween. We're going to talk about some Hammer films. We are inviting to the show old friend, filmmaker, Joshua Kennedy. Josh and I got together and we chatted a little bit about Hammer films in relation to, uh, well, that holiday that I kept mentioning earlier, and what Hammer films work best for that holiday that I mentioned a second ago. This is a top three episode, the top three Hammer films that you can watch at Halloween. We haven't done a top three episode in a while, so it's going to be a lot of fun to hook up with Josh and talk about that. Of course, before that, we have Kenny's segment with his look at Famous Monsters of Filmland, and yeah, it's Hammer-related as well. But we aren't just doing Hammer all the time in this episode. We have Mark Matsky with his Beta Capsule review going through the Ultra franchise. We're still in Ultra Q, which is one of my absolute favorite series of all time. And Mark's doing an episode-by-episode breakdown. That'll be coming up here in a second. You know what? I just want to get on with it. Why don't we go ahead and get to all of that, plus an update about what's coming up on the stream right after this. I am Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror film. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos the Hands of Fate, and one of the creators of the original chill role-playing game. This book recreates the thrills of the classic monster versus monster film. We've got vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, scheming madmen, Plenty of unexpected chills. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors in print or for Kindle at Amazon.com and other fine retailers. Coming soon in other ebook formats. Find out more at CushingHorrors.com or SDSullivan.com and support Steve's work through Patreon at PaySteve.com. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again and remember the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Two giant monster films. The War of the Gargantuas and Monster Zero. See the two mighty Gargantuas battle to the death. And on the same program, Rodan and Godzilla join forces to destroy the deadly Monster Zero. The War of the Gargantuas and Monster Zero. Both in color. Rated G. General audience from United Productions of America. A subsidiary of DEI Industries. Live from the Land of Light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty Ultra Heroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review. Terror of the Sweet Honey is the title of Ultra Q's eighth episode, which aired for the first time on February 20th, 1966. 
During a training flight, June and Ipe witness a train accident caused by an apparent landslide. After their visit to an agricultural research lab, they learn that the reason for the accident was decidedly more unnatural. Along with Dr. Ichinotani and Yuriko, they meet brilliant scientist Dr. Kimura, who has developed a growth accelerator called Honey Jellion, which has already increased the size of normal bees. Dr. Kimura and his fiancée Aiko seem destined for a happy future. That is, until a giant mole erupts from the ground, laying waste to villages and farmers' fields. Could a little mole have gotten into the honey jellion? Not without help. And Dr. Kimura's assistant Itami has been acting awfully suspicious lately. Will military might be enough to remove the giant pest? Terror of the Sweet Honey is a briskly paced entry in the Ultra Q canon and is similar in tone to many a classic Toho monster movie. Mongula, the giant mole, is a memorable figure complete with beady, illuminated eyes whose only crime is being far too big for the world around him. His final showdown with the Japanese Defense Force features cleverly incorporated footage from Rodan and the Mysterians. The highlight of the episode is the appearance of Susumu Kurobe as Dr. Kimura. Kurobe's magnetic screen presence did not go unnoticed as he was cast as the lead character Shin Hayata in Tsuburaya Productions' next big project, Ultraman, later that year. For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting. are now inside a flying saucer. Our destination, the planet Earth. We are the Mysterians. Our race is old, dying, our planet dead. Only you of Earth, you and your women, can give us life. And what we want, we take. Swooping down from outer space. Blowing up from the lower depths. The Mysterians. Creatures who knew the uttermost secrets of the atom before our planet was born. Love-hungry spacemen come to seize our women that their dying race may live. It started in the east. Soon it swept the west. The all-out horror of interplanetary war. See giant robots no earthly weapon can destroy rip a path of destruction across the land. See the forces of nature harnessed to the invader's will wipe entire cities from the face of the world. See the earth itself crumble beneath your feet. Threatening our civilization with weapons beyond the belief of modern science. Flying ray guns that blast everything before them. An impregnable fortress that hides in the earth. Gamma rays that melt the heaviest armament. As men and machines disintegrate before your eyes. The mysterious. What power can stop their ruthless advance? See the blazing holocaust of an earth gone mad. See on the giant screen in flaming color. The mysterious. is a skyscraper. When he moves, the whole earth quivers and quakes and an abyss of horror opens up. See these prehistoric beasts emerge from the bowels of the earth after 200 million years to devastate mankind. Supersonic jets cannot catch him. See Rodin destroy a modern city, leveling it to the earth with a killing airstream of his mighty wings.
can stop him. Nothing escapes this monstrous beast of evil. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. Today, Derek and his guest, Joshua Kennedy, are going to discuss some of the best Hammer films for Halloween. I found the perfect article to accompany them, entitled Pinnacle of Terror, Which Hammer Horror Would You Pick? by Randy Palmer, from FM 147, published in September of 1978. Randy Palmer was a regular contributor to many monster magazines from the 70s to his passing in 2002, and guitarist for the heavy metal band Bedemon. He also wrote two books, one on monster maker Paul Blaisdell and another on the gore master Herschel Gordon Lewis. He has an interesting, well thought out opinion on what he considers the best Hammer film. It is the first article of this issue and covers 10 pages with 12 photos. Let's hear what Randy had to say. Hammer fans will insist that Hammer makes the best horror films in the world, and for the most part that's true. For instance, Revenge of Frankenstein. The Devil's Bride, The Reptile, The Creeping Unknown, The Mummy, Five Million Years to Earth, The Hound of the Baskervilles, The Curse of the Werewolf, Captain Chrono's Vampire Hunter, The Vampire Lovers, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Let's see, did I leave anything out? I can hear you right now, yelling your head off. How dare he leave out Horror of Dracula? Okay, I'll add it to the list. The Horror of Dracula. There, satisfied? As any true Hammer buff knows, Horror of Dracula was their all-time best film, right? Well, I deny it. I'd say there's one other a bit better than that, but I won't say what it is just yet. He continues with a look at the popularity of Horror of Dracula until he announces this. Bear with me while I show you why taste the blood of Dracula is Hammer's crowning achievement. Randy makes his defense by briefly describing the plot the sets, actors, music, and special effects. He concludes with these comments on the director. We now come to the director of this potent exercise in screen horror, Peter Sazdy. Mr. Sazdy had previously directed a number of television shows, and Taste the Blood of Dracula marked his debut in motion pictures. Sazdy knew from the start what he wanted to accomplish with the newest Dracula effort Hammer had offered him. I wanted to make the best Dracula picture ever, he told a publicist. I have nothing against the previous ones, but to want to do better is the natural progression of things. Sazdy has a true sense for the gothic horror film. This film, more than any other Dracula sequel, bears the mood of Stoker's original novel as no other has. It is a frightfully visual tale of terror that spins a web of disquiet around the viewer, pulling him and her ever deeper into the hellish domain of Count Dracula. Now, I'm not saying that the plots of Taste the Blood of Dracula and the original book by Bram Stoker are similar, because they're not, except in the fact that Dracula is finally brought to the London scene. Rather, Sazdy provokes the mood of the original novel more than any other director who has worked on the series has. Here, Dracula is a catalyst, invading the Victorian family, tearing away its false front of absurd fastidiousness and revealing the corruption in the form of the three fathers, that lurks beneath. The children regard the evil count in a new father figure, one that seemingly is both protector and provider, 
but who ultimately shows his true colors, just as the fathers have done. Taste the Blood of Dracula is a complex film, even if misunderstood by most viewers and practically all critics. It takes a number of viewings to absorb all its content, so don't dismiss it as merely another Dracula film. Rather, examine it next time as a fright film unrelated to any other. Forget Horror of Dracula for an hour and a half and spend the time watching rather than comparing. You'll find it a rewarding experience. Will Randy Palmer's pick be included in Josh and Derek's list? Stay tuned to find out. That is all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more next time. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios. upon them, you will surely die. House of the Gorgon. Why don't you let us alone? Get back on your train and leave us alone! Rumors circling around. Uh, mysterious happenings at night. Uh, strange noises emanating from the dark. Leave Karlstadt. Leave now and never come back. Stay away from them. They mean you great harm. Starring Caroline Monroe as the Baroness. What was the sinister secret she hid beneath her dark spectacles? Martine Beswick as her sister Uriel. Malevolent and evil. Would sacrifice all that we've done merely to quench your innate desire oh, for violence. Oh, what if I did? Veronica Carlson as Anna, the one woman in the village of Karlstadt willing to stand against these angels of death. I can fight you. We can fight you. Christopher Neem as Llewellyn, a man of faith locked in mortal combat with overwhelming evil. If we leave them alone, maybe they'll leave us alone. Also starring Joshua Kennedy as the mysterious Dr. Pritchard. And introducing Georgina Dugdale, Gooey Film's latest star discovery. The Gorgon's most beautiful victim. See all of this and more when you visit the House of the Gorgon. Cast you out, every unclean spirit. Every satanic power in the name and by the power of our Lord Jesus said that every legend and myth known to mankind is not entirely without some truth. It was here, under a full moon, in the little village of Van Dorf, that an ancient legend suddenly terrifyingly came to life. Doctor, you'll perform an autopsy. On a body that's turned to stone? 
2,000 years, Megera the Gorgon had kept her evil peace. But now this strange, unearthly creature returns to petrify every human being who crosses her path. Starring Peter Cushing as the doctor, did his strange talents direct him to medicine or murder? Christopher Lee as the professor, confronted by a conspiracy of silence that paralyzed a village with terror. Akira died 2,000 years ago. It's her spirit we're concerned with today. It's found a resting place in somebody. The terrifying realism. She comes to life and brings death to all those who look upon her face. Carla! I am waiting for Carla, Mr. Hines. I had a clever intro. It's gone. It's Josh Kennedy from Gooey <laughs> Films. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I am doing great, sir. Thank you for having me. We were chatting for a few minutes before I hit record, and I think all my witty this is gone now i i, I had yeah. a cool intro but yeah <laughs> well you're making it cool just having you here is cool oh thank you it's, it's always always a blast to be on here it's josh kennedy the man behind gooey films the man behind what is it 16 movies now 18 24 so, something so i don't i don't think it's 20 but it, we're, we're getting close to 20 house of the gorgon the fungus among us uh the vesuvius experiment and just so many other movies and i'll probably try to play as many trailers as i can in this episode of his movies plus we're going to be showing house of the gorgon during halloween week over in the stream so you don't want to miss out if you haven't seen it yet you got to check it out and right now you are in are you in production on one and post-production on another i'm in uh kind of production on three actually of course <laughs> i mean it's it's Post on Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls, but we're still doing some insert shots, so I guess that's production. I don't know what, what the actual hey, term... You went to film school, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I should know this. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's post... Yeah, you're right. Post-production on Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls, and then production on Mantipus. And Mantipus is crazy because I'm shooting on 16-millimeter film. Gooey 16 is this the process. Yes, I can't wait to see it. Super Gooey 16. <laughs> yeah. Is this the first time you've shot on film? I've shot on film, but it, it was a short for class okay. with uh, in school with, with actual class equipment. But this time it's my own camera. It's my own equipment and an actual feature. So we'll see how that goes. It's been a, it's been an adventure, let's say, the, the, the past few months getting used to the 16 millimeter camera and yeah. working in the dark room. And have, have you ever worked with, with film? I was just harassing you about going to film school. When I was in film school for a couple of years, we did uh, Super 8. That's as far okay, as we got. Yeah, so, yeah. And we didn't do any, you said dark room. We didn't do anything like that. We just shot our film, sent it off to get it processed and got it back. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I couldn't even tell you what that process is like. And then we edited on film as well. Uh, although okay, yeah. I cheated a little bit because I knew how to work the video editing software and or, or the <laughs> machines. And I knew they were getting dumped down to video for projection anyway for, you know, for, for uh, class okay, to watch. Yeah. So I, I kind of did an edit on film and then 
dumped it all to video and edited on video and turned that in instead. Uh, I think the statute of limitations on cheating on something like that is probably over at this point. Um, I hope so. <laughs> Uh, are you editing on film or are you editing digitally for that? No, the cool thing is I'm cheating too. I send it off to New Bedford, Massachusetts, and they send back the full roll as a digital file, just a raw. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I, I go in and, I mean, geez, ed, I can't even imagine editing on film. That's that's a whole other oh, man. thing. When I was in film school, I was the head projectionist for the student-run movie theater, and just splicing, you know, the thirty-five millimeter films together for projection could be nightmare-inducing. I can't imagine doing that for editing film. That ugh. exactly, yeah, yeah, a whole new respect for old low-budget filmmakers. I mean, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, that they're they're doing this on no budget and they're out in the wilderness and on the beaches filming these monster movies, and it's like, ah, well, you know. We got no money. We got to load the camera. It just boggles my mind. It's nuts. So I can't wait to see what you're doing there. So that's two. And then three is is Saturnalia, which okay. is a science fiction comedy adventure, which is not on the back burner right now, but just paused because some of my actors uh, with the whole pandemic and everything, we've just, just decided to, to slow down and wait because there's a lot of group stuff for Saturnalia. So we're, we're just waiting one for cowgirls to be done, and I can just focus all my energies on that. But yeah, so it's three at the same time. It's it's quite. I like it in a way. <laughs> it keeps me occupied. I need to learn your secret, man. I really need to learn your secret <laughs> because you know I don't know when you sleep, how you sleep, if you sleep. I guess I need to learn the secret. I never sleep. I hate those little slices of death. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to set you up for that, but I'll take it. Yeah, I know. I home run right there. <laughs> Viewers, if you watch uh, House of the Gorgon or any of the gooey films that I show on the stream, I tend to show the 10-year anniversary sizzle reel that Josh has created that you can find on his YouTube channel. And there's a clip at the very end that I believe is from Saturnalia. Is that right? Yes. Yes. It's the one little teaser that, that I have. I met Danny Thompson, who's a fantastic British actress. She's a British scream queen. She does like the equivalent of what we have, the sci-fi channel low-budget movies that we have she's like the british equivalent of that she's in all these british really low-budget films and i met her at the house of the gorgon premiere in london of all places and she said if you ever need a scream queen if you ever need an actress i will fly down to texas to be in it and that's how we became friends and she's playing saturnalia in saturnalia and i just added that to come back to what you said added that little little teaser at at the end of the, the sizzle reel so i'm glad you caught that a lot of people didn't even notice <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Every time that plays, and Reber's in the chat room with me, we're like, "Yeah, that's from Saturday." Yeah, so we, <laughs> so we know Reber Clark, the the man who's been composing a lot of work for Josh lately, who's amazing, uh, yes. by the way. Uh, I, I've interacted a few times with Danny online on Facebook, but she's really cool. She's a complete doll. She's she's wonderful, and a terrific actress. She's so much fun to be around. She seems neat, and I, I really am. She seems neat. What the hell is hey. that? <laughs> Wow. No, she seems, seems cool. Uh, and I'm, I'm eager to see these movies, man. And I, I know uh, Pterodactyls is the next on the docket. I'm eager to get to work on that sound effects wise and, and see what I can do to uh, turn your gold into, I don't know, shinier gold. <laughs> yes, yes. Polish it up. <laughs> My bronze into gold. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, that's that's awesome. And I, I know with the pandemic kind of slowing things down, I'm sure you've got other ideas percolating in your head. Oh, yes. Things to do oh. when things kind of get back to normal, I hope. Yes, please. I wouldn't hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a weird year, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone agrees. 
weird year. <laughs> it, it is. And, you know, where you're at, you're down in Texas where things are kind of kind of crazy. And it's just, man, I'm just I'm glad that you're safe and healthy and everything and that you still have things going movie-wise for us all. But most importantly, I'm glad that you kind of shut down the production to kind of make sure everybody stays safe. And I'm oh, yes, just responsible. And I appreciate that and respect that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, because of what's going on, Halloween's been kind of a bummer. Kinda. We've talked about it before we started recording how TCM kind of came in and saved the day with Peter Cushing. Not that, you know, we haven't seen those movies <laughs> that they're showing, but it's always nice to know that Cushing movies are being played somewhere and people are watching them. And Peter Cushing is is TCM's star of the month for October. So that's always, that's comforting. Yeah, it's been really neat to see them kind of pull out some movies that don't normally get talked about or don't get associated with Cushing in our circles, which has been nice. I haven't watched any of them. They're all on my DVR right now, but I understand there've been some dramatic romances and such. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I'm just happy. I mean, I've always been an advocate for cash on demand, the, the bank robbery. Oh yeah. That's a great film. That's a hammer film. Of course it's good. Yes. It's the hammer Christmas movie that no one remembers. Uh, yeah. And they showed that, I think like week one, I was like, okay, TCM, you're, you're, you, you you get the, you get a pass you get a thumbs up from me but there's one really cool moment where he's I mean he's this nerdy banker and then there's just one moment where he just turns to Andre Morel and he goes if my family is hurt I'll kill you and it's just a little flash of complete darkness where it could go into that that maniac him getting revenge and there's just a little a little taste of it and then then it goes but oh that's such a great performance one of my favorite performances of his it's really good it's very yes. um it's something that i could have seen translated to the stage just as a movie itself you know it's all yes. kind of set in that one location uh and it's donald pleasance that's the other character right no it's it's uh andre andre i'm Morel. sorry you said andre morell why do i have donald pleasance on the brain it's halloween man it's a uh, donald pleasance yeah. is on the <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, Andre Morel. Um, we did talk about that back in the day on our Hammer Films podcast, me and Scott and Casey. And uh, yeah, we made it our Christmas movie. It's the only time they did a Christmas movie, really. So got to do <laughs> True. it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's getting ahead of things, man. It's Halloween. Christmas can wait. Exactly. You yes. hear that? Target and Lowe's and Walmart. <laughs> Christmas can wait. Yeah. Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what, what are you doing to keep Halloween alive down where you're at? Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you can agree to this. Halloween is, is all year for, for me. But I've been, um, for us, for Monster Kids, Halloween is all year. But every October, try and, and not so much go out of my comfort zone, but but look at movies that I haven't had a chance to, to watch, like the, the gaps in my repertoire. I had seen them as a kid, but The Addams Family, uh, the 90s films, The Addams Family, The Addams Family Values, I'd seen them as a kid, and I've been giving them a rewatch, and they're really good. And so that, that's what I try and do. I try and watch movies that I'm not too familiar with that are horror themed. Um, I know a few years ago I went through the entire John Carpenter filmography. Oh, wow. And that was a, that was a heck of a month. But yeah, it's Adam's Family and um, been giving the, of all things, the Scooby-Doo feature movies. It's Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Oh, so the animated ones. Yes. Have you seen those? Have you? Uh... I have not. My Scooby Doo consumption is woefully low. Yeah, yeah. mine too. I, mean, I, I mine love too. the original series, you know, the cartoons. Yeah, but when it comes to the movies, I know nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, those are the only two that I know. But they're they're perfect Halloween viewing because they're almost gothic in a way. They have a lot of full moons and the leaves blowing. They really capture that October. So the, the, it's the Adams Family and, and Scooby Doo that I've been doing just to keep Halloween alive here. What, right what about you? You doing anything? Well, uh, we were talking before we recorded, and I mentioned this on the stream last weekend that uh, 
I haven't watched any movies just for me. They've all been, quote unquote, for work, you know, putting the stream together or doing something for the show. But several weeks ago, Dominique just announced <laughs> that we are going to a haunted house, but not a traditional haunted house setup because oh. they're all shut down. So this was a, a drive through experience. So we got in a car oh. and drove through the, a fairgrounds and there were four local haunted houses that had come together and set up displays that you can see from the car. And it was wow. really cool because it wasn't uh, an attraction that you walk through and you get all the jump scares and all that. You could actually drive as slow as you want within reason. We probably upset the people behind us because we took our time, but <laughs> you can drive, slow, drive as slow as you want and actually enjoy and look at all the spooky, creepy stuff that people spend all year working on How instead cool. of having it kind of in the dark and shadows and some kid in a mask, in a clown mask yelling at you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and about half of it was pretty neat. Half of it was a little silly. You know, I don't really go for the, ooh, haunted redneck stuff that they had set up in part of the fairgrounds. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, listeners and, and Josh, I'd recommend looking up the Davis Graveyard. It is a, a home that does a haunt every year. Now they've shut down for the year because of you know, the pandemic, but normally they open up their front yard for people to come and look at this display. That is just amazing. I mean, it's made cool. TV, you know, national TV. It's just phenomenal. And they had the first part of the drive through was set up and it was just so cool to see. They had some horror podcast, not me. I wish it was me. I would have happy to be involved, but nobody contacted me during it. Uh, some <laughs> horror podcaster was, doing something on the local radio that you could listen to as you were going through. And it was just really fun. And finally, finally got a little bit of that Halloween flavor. And, you know, yes. it's a little bit. Uh, and I think we're doing it again for another place, uh, this time with Chris McMillan as well. Oh, cool. I'm not 100% sure. I'm basically just waiting for Dominique to tell me when we're doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's in charge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing, and then I'm I am going to set aside some time to watch The Innocents, uh, which yes. I've been told I need to see. It's a lot of people's favorite movies. It's one of those movies I've never seen. So sweet, I've never seen it either. So I need to add that. Maybe that could be another October ad for me. Well, you know, it's a it's a ghost movie, and ghost movies are probably the ones that get to me the most. I really, see, I see so many monster movies. You know, zombie movies don't do anything. You know that because my zombie background but you know and i love me a good vampire movie and a frank because i don't love my mummy movies but in terms of like yeah. giving me a, a scare that lingers with me it's ghosts ghosts wow. and i i don't know why that is you know it, it's not really a religious thing it just it always has been like, creeps you out and specifically when there's a mirror scene if there's really? a, when there's a character looking in a mirror and there's nothing behind that character but in the mirror there's a ghost behind him Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I mean, even that part of the uh, Haunted Mansion ride in Disney, where you oh, go really? the Doom Buggy's <laughs> turn and look at the mirrors, and there's a ghost sitting between you and the person in the Doom Buggy with you. That just gets me, man. Ooh, Don't yeah. know why it is. It just does. Ooh, yeah. Or, or I mean, the, the, how cliche is it that, that you know, someone is, is at the sink and, like, opens the medicine cabinet yes. and turns, the mirror turns back. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Yep. Wow. Yep, yep. It, it can be the the... Dumbest, lowest budget, cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but it was like a knockoff of a Blair Witch Project kind of thing that oh, okay, I, yeah. I watched, and it it had that in there. And the movie is not memorable for any other reason to me, but that, but that there was a wow. scare like that, and it just stuck with me for days, man. Wow, that's yeah, huh? So I'm gonna watch yeah. The Innocence, and if I quit podcasting after that, it's because the movie was too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost got me. Yeah. <laughs> 
you just got done telling me that uh, you try to find things that are kind of off the beaten path, but considering what we're talking about today, it's kind of the other way around. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the topic for people who haven't seen the show notes, I'm sure I put it in the title and the cover art as well. We're going to talk about some Hammer films because Josh is our Hammer guy doing a commentary track for an upcoming Hammer release, which we'll talk about oh, here in a little yes, bit, yes. which is so cool. And I'm so jealous. Oh <laughs> man, I am so jealous. So cool that you got that, dude. I'm so excited for you. My my buddy Dan made a joke. He's like, your entire life has been leading to this. I was like, I know, I know. It's, it's, right? That movie, it's like the cornerstone, like the, the foundation of, if my life was, was a building, like the, the Gorgon is like the cornerstone, the foundation cornerstone. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So how awesome is it just, just to geek out and just spend the entire movie talking about it? And right? hopefully an, an audience, it's the ultimate hammer collection or like the the great hammer collection there's there's a title for it the ultimate hammer blu-ray collection but there's like 20 films on it yeah which boggles my mind and that's mid-november i think mill creek is is releasing it and the gorgon is on there and it's an audio commentary with yours truly so cool have you recorded it yet oh yes yeah. oh yes it's already done right on so cool man you know i was considering eh, maybe i'll pass on that set but then you have to go and do a commentary track on it i know i know well, the thing is, I mean, with with, uh, with all the hammer, I mean, it's the same with the Universal films. I mean, this is a whole other topic. I mean, every release when it's like a new special feature, it's like how many times have I bought this? We I've owned it on, you know, VHS. I've owned it on DVD. I've owned it on two disc DVD, and then I'll buy it on Blu-ray. Oh, and I need to get the special edition. They 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 sure know how to get us. <laughs> it's like they're following the Sam Raimi Army of Darkness model. Yeah, where they exactly. just re-release that movie with like an extra five minutes or the alternate ending, but it's always its own separate thing. It's never all yes. together in one. It was like yeah. that nonstop through the early 2000s. <laughs> and I worked in the video store, so I know how many times you know. the boomstick edition, the ultimate edition, the Book of the Dead edition. Yeah, no. <laughs> and now they're, yeah, they're getting us, man. But they know. See the thing, they know. Yeah, we're, we're, we're too gullible to say no. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, it's a new transfer. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the greens look greener. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. And I suspect we'll probably talk about the Gorgon a little bit more uh, here because the topic we're talking about today is uh, our top three Hammer films to watch during Halloween. Not not top three Hammer films because my list would be very different than what I've prepared for myself. Uh, yes. But there are some Hammer films that just scream Halloween. I don't think they ever did a, a Halloween specific type movie. Did they, that nothing really took place around Halloween for them. Did that? No. I mean, it, they do the typical like autumn with the leaves falling right. and then the leaves blowing, but nothing that's, you know, specific to the holiday. Yeah. Was, well, and over in the UK, was it as big a deal as it is over here? Surprisingly not. Um, I mean, I, I talked to Mrs. Kennedy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's fascinated with how big Halloween is here. She said it's not the same over there. Um, I'm sure, I mean, it's different for different families, but for her, it wasn't, wasn't a big thing. But, you know, we can still make them work. I mean, we can definitely, you know, feel the Halloween vibe coming off this oh, thing. Oh, yes. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I had a hard time putting my list together, limiting it to three. Uh, so I might have yeah. an honorable mention or two. Yeah, I'm good, because I, I do have an honorable mention. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So this is how the top three episodes work. We haven't done one in a while. Uh, we're just going to go back and forth, kind of ping ponging back and forth. I'm going to give my number three. Josh will give his. And then back and forth, back and forth until we get to number one and the reason i start because i want to end with the guest and end with josh and let him go out on a high hopefully on a high note so oh. we're going to dive into all of that uh but first josh you know i can't let you go we haven't spoken in a long time just you and me we got to do a round of the classic five yes yes <laughs> 
I was I was waiting even if we finished the conversation. I was like, can we do one of the, the classic five? Of course, so. of course, man, of course. <laughs> the classic five. The classic five for those who are just now joining us or don't know the game that we play here on the show. Hopefully, with every guest when I remember, uh, is uh, it's called the classic five. I've got a deck of cards here, and we're going to drive five cards. Each one of these cards has a this or that. Which movie do you prefer? Style question on them. There are no wrong answers. It's just a way to get monster kids talking, learn a little bit more about our fellow monster kids, and our. You know, the love of our life, the, the monster movies. Josh, are you ready to play? I am so ready. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I asked the stream recently, because I'm going to be putting these into the next core deck release that'll be coming out next year. And we were just talking about it. What's your favorite classic ghost movie? Favorite classic ghost movie? I'm immediately thinking of 13 Ghosts. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's just classic golden, but I... Um, I'm sure I'm missing one. I'm not a huge fan of The Haunting. Are you? It's okay. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, but it's all right. Yeah. Um, and in typical Monster Kid Radio fashion, I'll say something, and then you know, two hours later, I'll be like, "Oh, I should have said that one." But um, I think I'm going to go with Thirteen Ghosts. Ghosts. Let's do Thirteen Ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? I do, and you will too. When you come to this theater. And see my picture, 13 Ghosts. When you see 13 Ghosts, you'll be given a supernatural viewer like this, which will enable you to penetrate for the first time into the spirit world. It will let you see all 13 of our weird, wonderful, and wildly assorted ghosts. Now, brace yourself as we take you across the threshold of our haunted mansion, where there's a ghost for everyone in the family. Father, mother, sister, brother. You'll be scared stiff too when you see what they see. Thirteen ghosts materializing in ectoplasmic color through the magic of Illusiono. As an addendum to what I said earlier about ghost movies always kind of wigging me out. When they're played for, I don't know, laughs, I suppose, when they're lighthearted like Thirteen Ghosts, they don't get me nearly as much. I mean, I still enjoy them, but in terms oh, yeah, of like yeah. scaring me, yeah. Uh, the Uninvited. Yes. That that Good would one. be what I would go with if I was playing here. Ooh. This is the voice of the Uninvited. It's coming from downstairs. It comes from everywhere and nowhere. A house of terror on the haunted cliffs of Cornwall, where the Uninvited walk unseen by men. Yet a cat arches its back in fright. Flowers are withered by the touch of an unseen, malignant hand. Candles flicker and die as a ghostly chill fills the air, and the living are clutched by the icy horror of the restless dead. I had a chance yeah. to see that on the big screen with Dominique and Chris uh, a couple of years oh, back. Cool. and oh, First time seeing it, and it was amazing. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to stick with 13 Ghosts okay. for me. All right. And then the other question I asked to stream, uh, what is your favorite classic witch movie? Oh... I'm a huge fan. I know it's not a classic film yet. The Witch, which just came out. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, and Witch Kids just came out. I mean, like it was five five years ago. Yeah. It's the one with the uh, double V's instead of a W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but classic Witch? Hmm. That's good. Uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking Hocus Pocus is like my go-to, but I don't know how. <laughs> hey, you know what? That counts, man. That, that movie's Does it count? I mean, okay. you know. It's classic it's, to, I, to somebody. I think it's 93. I mean, I grew up with it, so. Sure. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say, and I know I'm, I'm missing one, but let, let, I'm going to go with Hocus Pocus. All right. 
Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts, witches, yes? thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, we shall be back. <laughs> 300 years later, it's Halloween Eve, and they're back. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. We are home. Are you boys a little old to be trick or treating? <laughs> Talking about three ancient hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? And to be fair, it's a very old fashioned type it is. movie. Yeah. It is. And it's very funny. Monster Kids will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I suspect most people listening have already seen it. It's it's a fun little movie, man. Uh, it I is. saw it in the theater and I saw it a few times when it was out on video. I was working at a video store when it came out. So. Uh, we oh, got cool. to see it a lot in the store. I <laughs> played it a lot because, you know, it, it's it's spooky, but it's not threatening. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun little movie. has a great October Halloween atmosphere, too. Yes. So, yeah. Yep. I, I'm going to go with Hocus Pocus. Right on, man. What about you? What do you got? Oh, um, you know, Weird Woman's on my mind a lot. Just a little oh, okay. weird woman. Uh, but Night of the Demon or Burn Witch Burn is also a particular ah. favorite. And I'll probably be talking with Kevin Slick about that here in the near future on the show. So stay tuned for that. But then I also have to go to things like Horror Hotel or City of the Dead. Christopher Lee, man, come on. Yeah, that's, yes, that's you very know? true. Gotta yeah. have that. Gotta have that. So, all right, cool. Okay, well, card number three <laughs> from the Hammer Deck. Yes. And we may have already done this once before, but I'm going to ask it again because it's been a while. Best dressed character in a Hammer film. Oh, no, we haven't done this. Oh, yeah? Okay. Best dressed. Wow. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think there's someone who's not well dressed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and their costumes are always just. Oh, the spot on. They're brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to say, and my buddy Dan Day is going to be smiling and laughing. I'm going to say Jennifer Daniel in that red dress in Kiss of the Vampire. Oh, okay. That's That's such a stunning. Look, she she comes out of the the we're in the other room and she comes out and it's like wow that's it's yeah there's so many others that I'm, I'm that's the one that's on my mind right now. What do you got? You got one? Uh, in terms of like favorite costume, I'd probably go with the mummy from. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just have to start giggling. You know what I'm talking about? But in terms of like actual <laughs> you know, best dressed, I love Cushing's wardrobe in Dracula eighty seventy two. Yes, I just, oh, just something yeah. about nineteen seventies Cushing that's just cool. And he has that that little satchel with yeah. The, the, yeah, he's holding his arm because his arm has been stabbed. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. Yeah, there's just something about that image of him walking. He just mm, it's so good. It gets me. Yeah. yeah. His hair's like or his hairpiece. Yeah. Oh. Oh, brilliant <laughs> stuff, man. Brilliant stuff. Yep. Yep. I'm definitely not going to say the uh, fur vested biker gang in Satanic Rites, but you know, I think you're right. Most people in the Hammer <laughs> films are pretty well dressed. I, um, I can't believe I forgot this. I mean, the fur <laughs> bikini on Martin Beswick in Prehistoric well, <laughs> Women. How can I? How could I have forgotten that? Well, you know, I, I just it was a given. I think. I, yeah, thank you. Yes, you it know. was common sense. So yeah. I, I had to, you know, be a little, you know, creative. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, card four. What classic monster would you want to see in a movie set in outer space? Oh man, that's a good one. These are always good. Uh, classic monster in outer space. Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? 
I just tried to think of like the randomest. Well, I mean, the original novel is in the public domain. Somebody could go and write it and do it. Don't um, give me that power. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> have, have, have we had have we had a Wolfman in outer space? You know, that that's, might be. That's where that's my go to. Is I would love to see a Wolfman or a werewolf movie set in outer space. It'd be so cool. Yeah, or mm-hmm. like it's on the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he turns on the. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm going to stick with Phantom because <laughs> that's just so outlandish. That's so yeah crazy. That that is yeah. I, it trumps everything. <laughs> I can't I can't think of anything else that would be beat that. <laughs> Phantom in space. In space, space, space. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even rem- imagine how that would. I, I can't even. I know. Now, great. You ruined my night because now I'm going to be focusing on that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, that's the bad. Oh. Talking with fellow creatives, these things come up, and now I have a novel I should be working on. No, Phantom of the Opera in space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, in the final card here, what classic monster movie should be turned into a musical? Octoman. Octoman? <laughs> really? I mean, there's, there's a whole backstory to this. When I was in middle school, I made the joke. I mean, that was always my go-to. When people would ask what I was working on, it was Octoman the Musical, and it was a joke. And I actually made a poster for it and gave it to my theater teacher, and he still has it above his desk in his office at school. It says, Octoman the Musical, coming soon. So <laughs> that's the big joke. It's like, I'm writing Octoman the Musical. So that's, I'll, um, I'll say that. That's awesome. <laughs> I kinda what about wanna, you? you I, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> The poster, not necessarily the musical. The, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd watch it. Whatever. Of course, of course you wouldn't. You know, uh, seriously, I think it wouldn't take too much of a nudge to turn Frankenstein meets the Wolfman into a musical, since it's got the song number in the middle anyway. That's uh, true. It's just a little bit of a nudge to go that route. So, yeah, I'll go with that right now. Cool. That, yeah, I could see it. I don't know if it'd play on a double feature with Octoman the musical, but... yeah. <laughs> We'd still watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the classic five, man. I wasn't even going to let you get away without it. <laughs> yes, I'm glad. All right. So we're nice and warmed up. Let's go ahead and, and tackle yes. our top three. As I said earlier, our top three Hammer films to watch at Halloween. And oh boy, I have got a list a mile long of, of favorite <laughs> Hammer movies anyway. So trying to come up with one has been very difficult for me. I feel you. I feel you, man. You know what? I'm just going to put it out there. Horror of Dracula would be my number three. The very first. Okay, Dracula film. yeah. Horror of Dracula. Dracula, the most terrifying lover the world has ever known. Who will be his bride tonight? Horror of Dracula. Dracula, dead and yet alive for 600 years. Dracula, the human vampire who lusts for human blood. See Horror of Dracula. The greatest shock story of them all now achieves new heights of motion picture suspense. See Horror of Dracula and watch the fiend who rises each night from his coffin bed to seek the rendezvous that alone can keep him alive. See Horror of Dracula and watch those who came to destroy a monster stay to become his victim. See Horror of Dracula, but don't dare see it alone. The chill of the tomb won't leave your blood for hours. Horror of Dracula, all new and in flaming technicolor. Which I know to say it's not number one in anything is hard to say, but yeah, for me, it's it's Horror of Dracula. Terrence Fisher, you know, Christopher Lee, yes. Cushing, just, it's a great film. It is. It's, and I, I hate to say that it's, it's a, to use the term perfect movie, but everything works in that movie. 
Even Michael Guff, who people love to love to give him crap for, I think he's terrific in it. Who, and who does? I I've never heard. It's, no, it's it's a it's a big thing on some of the the Hammer groups that I'm a part of, and and people people love to love to bash him, and and I I can kind of understand where they're coming from. They think he's too wooden. I mean, anyone next to Peter Cushing is going to look wooden. But oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But I think that that's that's his character. He's he's anguished. He's he's withdrawn. His entire family is being attacked by this unknown force. He doesn't know what to do. He's helpless, and he needs to turn to Cushing to for for help. And yeah, I, it's funny we're we're talking about these three. I'm probably not going to argue about any of the, any of your choices. Yeah, I don't think we'll. Yeah, there, there's so many so many movies that are not going to be on these three. Obviously, that are just like yeah, you're right. That's a perfect Halloween movie. So good. So the music, the sets, everything. I know Frankenstein was first, but you know, it really set the standard for them. And I mean, it's it's just one of the best. I mean, he's probably on screen the least of most of the Dracula films anyway, but Christopher Lee's presence in that is just so overpowered. Iconic. Oh, iconic. Yeah, that's the best way to yeah. play it. Yeah. I mean, you're enthralled by the guy. The script is just so economical and it just takes the giant, you know, sprawling 300 page book and just boils it down to just this tiny little movie. It just yeah. works so well. I think it's probably the best example of doing a Dracula adaptation uh, when it comes to not staying so close to the novel. Yeah. Because yeah. whenever you do a Dracula movie, you either do it like Coppola did or you go completely <laughs> off book. And this one goes off book, but they did it so well. Yes, and it it feels it feels right. Everything works. Everything yep. feels as I mean, in comparison to some of the, the later Hammer Draculas, where you're like, um, uh, raising your hand in the back of the class. Um, pause real quick. <laughs> no, wait, wait, yeah, wait, they, they you're got not talking right. about scars of Dracula, are you? I mean, come on, that one's a <laughs> dude. That that's better than horror of Dracula. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Well, that actually hurts saying that. Yeah, that, I was like, that, that, mm, <laughs> I, mm, everything's still recording. Anything just shut down automatically? Like, no, we're not doing this anymore. Okay. Uh, what's your number three, man? My number three is, and I, I already mentioned it, Kiss of the Vampire. Yeah? Um, I tried with these to go just a little bit off the Gorgon, obviously. I, I just automatically took off the list. Because really? okay. that's, that's just perfect. I'm trying to try to find some that, that maybe – some fans aren't too familiar with kiss of the vampire has everything except peter cushing and christopher lee and it's not a detraction at all because edward de souza and jennifer daniel and noel willman it's it's just isabel black oh my god it has a my favorite opening to any hammer film ever with a funeral and the, the mm -hmm. shovel i'm not sure if i should give it too much away but it has just a, such a killer opening and it has the costumes, the feel, and the falling leaves. It's not even a Terrence Fisher film. It's, damn, I should know this. Don, Don Sharp. Sharp? Yeah, I think so. Yes. And it has Jennifer Daniel in that red dress, which is just stunning. She's fantastic. Well, when you mentioned that earlier, I didn't want to play my hand too soon. But this is my yeah. number two. So I'm just going to join in on your, oh, your really? praise of this movie. Yeah, I, I love Kiss oh, of the Vampires cool. so much. Listen. This is the eerie, ghastly, sinister sound of giant vampire bats in flight summoned from the caves of perpetual night to destroy, to kill, to avenge. Universal presents a tale of the supernatural, Kiss of the Vampire. Do you know what a vampire is? Yes. I've heard of vampire bats. No, not bats. Human vampires. Beings who exist on the blood of other humans. 
kiss of the vampire. The spine-chilling drama of two young lovers trapped in a twilight world of terror, a world of unspeakable horror. You've hypnotized her. She's in a trance. Look at me, Marianne. For God's sake, look at me. Learn the macabre secrets of a living dead. Gasp at the screen's most terrifying climax. Kiss of the vampire in color. Like I said, it's, the only thing that's missing is Lee and Cushing, but is it really missing it? People love to say that. I, I disagree. I mean, who who would they play? I, I think it works perfectly. I won't. Lee could have definitely been Ravna, but um, I think everyone is so well cast in that. Mm-hmm. Very underrated. It should, should get more respect. And the music. Oh, James Bernard's music with that piano score. Yeah. Oh, it's it's brilliant stuff, man. This yes. I've always been a fan of like the Monster Hunter genre, I suppose you could call it, or, or subgenre, the, the the trope. And yes. this has got that, but it's not Van Helsing. Now I love Van Helsing, but it's nice to see another guy kind of getting there and doing his thing and yeah. I mean using magic to to stop the monster at the end. And this it just it works. It's so cool. Yes. Yeah. Completely unique ending too yeah i was like oh what a cool idea it's it's very creative and it's oh and peter madden as as the landlord he's all he always shows up as little (laughs) character roles he's so good at that as the 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 landlord but yeah kiss the vampire so that that was your your number two as well yeah that would have been my number two so okay yeah i gotta throw it back to you again (laughs) yeah (laughs) so this one is very offbeat but i tend to watch it every october I want to say it's winter in the film, but it's X the Unknown. Really? Okay. Yeah. He runs as though the devil himself is in pursuit. And well he might, for he saw what no man has ever seen before. It's on its way. The men on the main gate had it just like the others. It's coming in on the west side. Look! There it is on the roof! Three experts in science and security lead a band of men who try to find a way to exterminate X, the unknown terror. Only to find a tunnel of fear from which there is no escape. I saw it first on like a Halloween marathon many years ago, and it just became a not a tradition, kind of, where it just feels like, oh, I need to watch... X the Unknown again. And it's, for those that don't know, it is a radioactive mass blob. They made it 1958, very early on, 57, 58. And it's this radioactive mass blob that, that cracks out of the earth and it goes and eats people. It has It survives on energy. So it goes out and rampages the countryside. But it has... Another economic script by Jimmy Sangster is just so quick, and it's my go-to October viewing. Hmm. Very, very offbeat, and I, like I said, I tried to find things that some people haven't watched. Have you seen X the Unknown? Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that on Down Place, 1951 Down Place back in the day, and it, it was the Hammer film that Hammer did when they weren't too cozy with the Quatermass guy. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, things weren't going too well with him because he didn't agree with how they were portraying Quatermass. So they tried to create their own thing. And I do like the movie. And this, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong for someone no, to yeah, enjoy yeah, and watch sure. it for Halloween. When I, when I think about Halloween and horror movies and things like that, when it comes to this season, I, I tend to veer away from the more science and sci-fi based and more to yes. the spooky kind yeah, of yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, and actually, unknown 
doesn't really fall into that camp for me, but it does have a lot of the imagery that does. I mean, stuff with the kid. Yes. And oh. the burns and the freaking, the, the, it's the nurse and the, the doctor and they're, they're making out in the corner and he, he melts because the, the thing comes in. Oh yeah. It's some really creepy, creepy stuff. There really is. Yeah. To, to be fair, like I said, I, I saw it on a Halloween marathon. So I just, autom- that's me personally associate it with this month. So it's like, Ooh, I need to watch that again at night. Now was this this was released between the two Quatermass films, or was yes. it after the first? Okay, I, I think it was directly after the first Quatermass. Okay, yeah, it was released here in the states in '57, and yeah, like you said, Sangster, the screenwriter on that, uh, uh, Dean Jagger as yes. the lead as our Quatermass villain, who does yeah a lot of people don't like him, like you were saying about Michael Goff earlier with Horror of Dracula. I don't think Jagger does a bad job here. I mean, he's no, not Don Levy, but you know, he's great. He's good for what he is, and and I liked that character. I, I bought him as yeah. scientist as hero. Yes, I, I love. If I uh, ever shave my head, I'm immediately going to buy that beanie that he wears, or that little <laughs> that little hat that he wears. It's awesome. <laughs> is that a dig at me since I shaved my head recently? Is that, yeah. is that, what that is? <laughs> I'm sending you one in the mail. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, my birthday's coming up, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's your number two huh okay yeah, that's my number two i know is it's not your typical halloween but for those who haven't seen it i say give it a yeah, try it's it's, yeah. it's a good creature feature i agree and if, if you're looking for a hammer film that you're not too familiar with i recommend that one there you go so before we get into our number one so let's knock out some honorable mentions here real quick uh for me uh i have to put plague of the zombies in there for an that's, honorable yeah, mention that was my honorable mention uh this this is a movie that informed my opinion of zombie movies for a long time uh above wow. and, uh, even above what romero was doing as much as i love romero don't get me wrong but i've always liked my zombies with a little bit of supernatural added to them yes and this one does it and i'll say i've said it before and i'll say it again i'm pretty convinced that if romero hadn't done night of the living dead hammer would have done more zombie movies yeah i mean i i I can see it it's an iconic monster and they really made it their own I, i would go so far as to say plague of the zombies is my favorite zombie movie oh wow Again, we can do this with so many of the Hammer films. Everything sure. works. Andre Morel coming in as as our professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacqueline Pierce as the zombie girl. Oh, and John Carson is the villain. John Carson, He's yes. So oh. good. Yes. Oh, Squire Hamilton is such a well. great villain. Such <laughs> a great villain. Uh, and even the way the music is, is used. It's, again, it's James Bernard. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how is this happening with James Bernard keep coming up? Um, yeah. <laughs> that should tell you something. And even Michael, I mean, he's got Michael Ripper. So you got, you know, the, the familiar hammer yes. flavoring to it. You know, it's just, it's a great film. And the zombies look so cool. And that mask, that mask that Carson wears. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you saying you're going to send me a beanie, but I'd rather one of those masks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll switch it. <laughs> so I would put Plague of the Zombies up there. I'd also put Satanic Rites of Dracula in my honorable mentions, just because I love that okay, movie. Okay. Uh, and really... Almost any of the other Dracula films I'd put in there is an honorable mention as well. Uh, yeah, well, that, yeah. Was, that was my other, it was my two honorable mentions was, uh, it was Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. I mean, if you want clean, I mean, we have Horror of Dracula, obviously, but you want clean, good Halloween film to have on, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Mm. Yes. I mean, you, Brides of Dracula, I mean, how can we even narrow it down? Brides of Dracula to Prince of Darkness, all, all of them. Yeah, and pretty much every Dracula movie is going to be in my honorable mention, except for Horror of Dracula and then my number one pick, which is another Dracula flick, which I guess I can dive into right now. Do it. I like Prince of Darkness a lot. I like Resident yep. from the Great One. Taste the Blood of Dracula is my number one. 
Really? I really like Taste the Blood of Dracula. There is something about Dracula almost as hero, <laughs> kind of avenging, <laughs> you know, going after these guys who just deserve what's coming to them. Yeah, uh, you know, the, this this force from the other side, this this supernatural entity now kind of crossing over and getting these folks almost feels a little slasher like in places, which yes. you know, I'm not a big slasher film fan anymore, but you know, I still kind of respond to it a little bit. I really dig this movie and I don't know why I like it so much because I, I don't think technically it's as good as some of the others, but it, it makes it me happy, you. man. It just, it, wow. it fills me with joy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can ask, right? That's right. all we can ask. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, the three guys are just terrible. Yes. Um, the way Dracula comes back is awesome. Uh, yes. It's just, mm, mm. Yeah. You know, if not for TCM showing a bunch of Peter Cushing and me having a lot of work, I'd even put that in as soon as we're done recording right now. Cause I, <laughs> I'm talking about it so much. I, I got to watch it again. And I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. This good. Interesting <laughs> pick. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have put it at the top of my list. I mean, not, not to demean it in any way, but I, uh, and again, each Dracula film has its own strengths and everything, and Taste of Blood has has its own stuff too. So I'm glad I'm glad you picked that one. Good good choice. Like I said, I dig it, man. Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get a lot of love. It I mean, doesn't. And, yeah. and I mean, compared to some of the other ones, it's not. I guess I know it's got some issues. Of course, but it's like I said, it fills me with joy, man. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's all we want. That's, if it fills right. with joy, how how can we argue with that? There we go. All right. Well, now All I'm right. dying to know what your number one is. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, you know, the Gorgon, obviously. Um, <laughs> but but I chose another. I kind of cheated. I did the Gorgon because that was obvious. Mm-hmm. One, I mean, the swirling leaves, for, for people who haven't seen the Gorgon, what's wrong with you? Turn this off right now and watch it right now. <laughs> or, or wait till mid-November and buy the Blu-ray set and watch it and then listen to my commentary. Yeah. There you go. There you go. The, the, the atmosphere of that, that movie is so palpable. I'll put that on just to live in that atmosphere, just to bask in that autumn Halloween, especially at this time of year, This that Halloween. Oh, yeah feel yeah and the, the the mean villagers the cemetery the castle the wind the full moon oh it's it, it's got and you got Cushing and Lee what more do you want it's such a great film and I've kind of been talking about this in some of my non-horror movie areas like my gaming material and all that I love the Medusa as a monster yes uh the yes. Medusa in Clash of the Titans terrified me as a kid not the yes. movie but the movie poster I had nightmares about the movie poster, about the Medusa coming out of the movie poster <laughs> and chasing me down and turning me to stone. Um, oh, cool. It was really weird. So, I mean, just that monster by itself. But the nice thing about the Gorgon is it's not just the monster. It's got so much mood and atmosphere and yes. music. Like you said, the full moon. It's so gothic. It's so wonderful. Yes. So that's my number one. But since that was super, I mean, people who know me listening <laughs> to this podcast knew that was going to be number one. I picked one more because Gorgon was was too obvious. And my other half pick for number one is another offbeat one okay. to the devil, a daughter. The evil power of black magic has fascinated millions of moviegoers. In 1967, Rosemary's Baby. In 1974, The Exorcist. And now a motion picture that probes further into the mysteries of the occult that any has dared before. 98% of so-called Satanists are nothing but pathetic freaks. 
who get their kicks out of dancing naked in freezing churchyards. I have a feeling I'm dealing with that other 2%. Richard Widmark challenges Christopher Lee for the soul of a girl named Catherine in the terrifying film of Dennis Wheatley's sensational bestseller, To the Devil, a Daughter. It's really what, and people, again, like to, to bash it, it's Hammer updating themselves to the modern horror film at that time. It was 79. They're catching up after Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist and The Omen. They're coming into their own. And I think it stands right there with Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby. I mean, oh, it's wow. not the masterpiece, but I think it's just as a film, it's, it's, it's very effective. And there are a few of the special effects and the nudity at the end I can live without, but everything, it doesn't hamper the film as a whole. The atmosphere, the, the story. We have Richard Widmark in a Hammer film. How can you go wrong? Right. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee as probably one of his greatest roles. He's so good in that. Michael Goodliffe shows up. It's, it's oh. Yeah, Denhelm Elliott, man. Yes, yes, that's who I was. Yes, Denholm Elliott. Gotta have, you gotta have Marcus. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus Brody. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the nudity thing, so I don't have to bring that up. But uh, otherwise, the uh, yes. Dennis Wheatley adaptation, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but if you're like in that Rosemary's Baby feel, like there's a whole slew of movies that are like that. This falls right in there with it, and I think it's it's terrific. And Again, the special effects at the end and the nudity can turn off some people, but it's it's really quick, and I think people can look past that and just see the film as as a whole. Right. The stuff, the stuff with the phone and the snake with mm-hmm. Christopher Lee. Yeah, it's good stuff. Really? Well, now I kind of want to put that one in instead of Taste of Blood of Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, double feature, man. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of work to get done tonight, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and TCM, they keep teasing me to come. Yeah. Honor Blackman. It's funny. Honor yeah. Blackman, and I don't know what the other gentleman's name is, but you ready for this? So Honor Blackman, and it's Anthony Valentine. They're, the, they're a couple in the film, and my mom's name is Anna, and my dad's name is David. And Honor Blackman is wife to David Kennedy. The character is David Kennedy in the film, and her name is Anna. So it's Anna and David Kennedy as the two <laughs> the couples, and that's, those are my parents' names. <laughs> Wow. So your love affair with Hammer Films did not start with the Gorgon. Clearly. It started years before you were even born, it exactly. seems like. It was just meant to be. I watched To the Devil's Daughter for the first time many years ago with my mom, who's a huge Hammer fan. And we both looked at each other in complete shock. No way. Even in the movie, they're like, I'd like to introduce Anna and David Kennedy. It was like, what? My <laughs> Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. I, I, I have nothing else to top that. I think that's... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's a great film. And uh, this was a great top three. Like I said, I haven't done one in a while. So yeah, uh, me too. Thank you. Know, you. really appreciate you taking the time to do this. We have been chatting for a little while. And I know in about 20 minutes or so, TCM is going to start hitting you with the cush. So oh, yes. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but Josh, I just want to thank you for all of your support of Monster Kid Radio over the years, both as a podcast and then personally as well as you know, one of my dear friends. I really appreciate everything you've done for me. And man, I can't wait to see what you do next. Even if I wasn't working on them, <laughs> I, I would still support the hell out of them because I love wow. what you do, man. Well, thank you, you man. I love, <laughs> I love what you do. And, and thanks for your support of me and my I know you, you've shown 
basically the entire GUI Films catalog on on the the stream. So I'm very grateful for that. And actually, you know what? It occurred to me the other day that there was one that we had not shown. Which one? Curse of the... Oh, Curse of the Insect Woman. Oh, yes. Curse of the Insect Woman, which, if it's okay with you, we're doing a For the Ladies stream this upcoming Saturday with Wasp Woman and and a handful of other, you know, Jesse James McSarkis and his daughter. There's a lot of, you know, female-centric films. I'd love to show that. Oh, sweet. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) That fits right in with Wasp Woman. There you go. There you go. <laughs> cool. Right on. Awesome. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I love what you do, man. I love showing your flicks and people seem to dig them. And if they want to know more about what you got going on, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to the YouTube channel uh, and the Joshua Kennedy Man of the Arts Facebook page. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, are those the best places for people to find you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Right on. Otherwise, just head down to Texas and look for that blur holding a video camera. Yeah. Town, shooting seven or eight movies at once. That'll be me. So Kenny sent me his famous Monsters of Filmland segment after Josh and I did our recording. So I had absolutely no idea that Taste the Blood of Dracula was going to turn up in that article as well as on my own personal list as the number one film. So if it's not enough for you to hear me recommend Taste the Blood of Dracula, pay attention to Famous Monsters of Filmland. They usually know what they're talking about, too. Check out the movie if you haven't seen it yet, or check out any of the movies that Josh and I broke down. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are, actually. If you have a Hammer film that you'd recommend people watch during Halloween, call it in or send me an email and let me know, and we'll share it with people on an upcoming episode of Monster Kid Radio. You can call and leave a voicemail for Monster Kid Radio at 503-810-5MKR. That's 503-810-5657. Or you can send an email to the podcast. MonsterKidRadio at gmail.com is the email address. That's MonsterKidRadio at gmail.com. Feel the cold grip of his presence. Sense the clammy excitement of his evil. Taste the sharp fear that he alone can bring. Dracula's blood. This way, gentlemen. We know the way. These men thought they had tasted all that life had to offer. when you are, gentlemen. Would you be willing to sell your souls to the devil? If one thought that one's experience might be extended. It would be extended to infinity. There's someone there. Dracula is back to choose his human victims. Alice. Who are you? How do you know my name? Dracula is back to select his companions in darkness who must die that he may live. If you shock easily, stay away. She's neither dead nor alive. Lucy! 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 The marks on her neck! She's a vampire! Prepare yourself. Every nerve Every muscle. Oh, no. Prepare yourself for the greatest shock of all.
Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Big thanks to Mark and Kenny for their segments for the show. And big thanks to Josh for being part of the episode this week. Uh, kind of pulling back the curtain here a little bit. Josh was kind of a pitch hitter. I was kind of scrambling. Didn't know what I was going to record about this week. And Josh came in in a clutch, man. He really hooked a brother up. So Josh, thank you. I'll make sure there are links to everything that Josh is up to in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. You can find out about Gooey Films and Joshua Kennedy, Man of the Arts on Facebook. I'll also make sure there's a link to Mark Matsky's projects as well in the show notes. Of course, you can find our contact information over there too at monsterkidradio.net. You're going to find links to everything that we've talked about here in this episode. You're also going to find a link to where you can pre-order that Mill Creek box set of Hammer films that will include the Gorgon Blu-ray that Josh is doing a commentary track for. If you use the link that you find at the Monster Kid Radio site, you're helping the podcast out because we get like I don't know, a nickel or a quarter or something every time somebody uses one of those links. So if you're considering pre-ordering the set, please consider using that button. If you've already pre-ordered the set and the prices are still the same, maybe cancel the pre-order and then pre-pre-order you do what you gotta do. But please consider using the links that you find on the website. You're also going to find a link to the band, of course, and a note about what's coming up next week on the show. And this time, I really know what we're doing. This time around, I'm going to be recording with somebody brand new to the show, a fellow podcaster named Eric, and he is the man behind the podcast Cineversary which you can find over at tinyurl.com slash podcast. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, of course, as well. And we're going to talk about some old-time radio next week. At least that's the plan. Keep your fingers and tentacles crossed that it's going to happen. I haven't actually firmed up a recording time yet, but it should be ready to go by next week's episode. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the stream over at the Monster Kid Movie Club over at monsterkidmovie.club. This Saturday, we are dedicating the club to the ladies. We are doing... Boy, I know I promised I would never do that again. I am so, so sorry. We're going to be showing movies that have a strong female lead or monster in them. We're going to be showing movies like Daughter of Horror, Jesse James meets Frankenstein's Daughter, The Werewolf vs. a Vampire Woman, the Wasp Woman, and you heard me talk about it with Josh. We're showing Curse of the Insect Woman as well. I've got a few other surprises up my sleeve, so make sure you pop into the stream on Saturday. Again, that's monsterkidmovie.club. We start at 11 a.m. Pacific with a pre-show with the movies kicking in at noon. Again, Pacific. And it goes for several hours. There is an intermission as well as a round of the Classic Five that we play with everybody live in the chat. I would love to see you guys and gals there, or at least see you guys and gals participating in the live chat. Also, there is an opportunity for you to win a brand new character from Stuffed with Character, courtesy of, well, Stuffed with Character and Tracy Morris. So please consider swinging by for that. So that's on Saturday, starting the very next day on Sunday, on October 25th, we're opening up the stream all week long for a Halloween week. We're going to be showing movies. We're going to be showing TV shows. We're going to be listening to old-time radio. We've got all kinds of Halloween treats for everybody. No tricks, nothing but treats in the stream, free of charge. There will be a live chat through some of it. There will be a subscription-only chat through some of it. 
I'm excited for this. It's going to be the biggest thing that we've done at the Monster Kid Movie Club. And I think I think you guys and gals are going to like some of the stuff we've got lined up. I've been talking to a number of independent filmmakers to get permission to show some of their movies as well. So it's not just going to be a bunch of the classics. Not that there's anything wrong with a bunch of the classics. It's not going to be just revisiting movies that we've shown in the stream before. Not that there's anything wrong with those movies either. But we're going to have some independent films in the mix too, including House of Ghosts from Christopher R. Mim. The movie AM 1200. And I just got permission to show a short film that I once saw at the Lovecraft Film Festival probably a decade ago called The Binding Silence. So that'll be lined up as well. Just a lot of really neat things. As we get closer to Halloween week, I'll be blabbing about it all over Twitter and Facebook. And I'll even put it on the website. So keep your eyes open for that. I'm excited. And I've got a lot of work to do. So why don't we go ahead and wrap this show up? Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 non-ported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Night of the Golden Sun. That is copyright 2020, The Spiritones, which you can find at thespiritones.bandcamp.com. You can check out the new single. You can check out their other albums as well. Whatever you do, just let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Ciao. <laughs>